0: Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arse Blog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. I hope you're well. Uh, I hope you're not injured. Seriously, I, you know, it seems to be the thing these days, isn't it? Everybody's doing it. It's like a fashion. It's like a brand new dance, but I don't know its name. It's the in thing. All the cool kids are doing it. It's de rigueur. From formerly robust Englishmen to teeny tiny Spaniards. From Czech veterans to Chilean dynamos, everyone is getting in on this whole injured act. Even I'm injured. Seriously. Went over on my ankle in Five Aside about six weeks ago. Thought I'd be back in a week or two. You know, I tend to bounce back quite quickly from those kind of knocks. But no. No, still haven't been able to play. And it's very frustrating, of course, because at the end of the week, Friday Five Aside, it's brilliant. It's brilliant if you've worked all week and you've worked hard and you know it gives you a chance to run around and let loose some of the the frustrations and and rage of the week on a football pitch you know i find that there's something quite cathartic about leathering the fuck out of a football as hard as you can towards a goal i like that but i haven't been able to play and it's uh, you know all the bruising and stuff is gone but now if i sort of um just by the ball of my ankle the bally bit there uh, if I press down there right now, uh, oh, it's really quite sore. Just sort of in line with the the little toe, if you were to go in a straight line there. So I don't know, maybe something ligamenty. Who knows what that is? I suppose I really should go uh, and see a physio or somebody who has, you know, a good idea of what this might be and and how I might fix it. That would seem to be the sensible thing to do. But it's trying to find time. And look outside today. It's really, it's really raining out there today. I have to get my chair tightened as well. It makes a lot of creaking noises these days. Listen, see. And people are often saying to me on Twitter when we record the Arsecast Extra, "Wha? Which one of you farted at 33 minutes and 13 seconds?" It's not. It's my chair. See. So I gotta, I gotta get out the Allen key and and do uh, do a bit of tightening up there. But anyway, I hope you're not injured. I hope you're, you know, in fine health. I hope there's no problems with your with your calves or your hamstrings, your hip flexors, your, your groins. Mm. I don't want any details now about your groin at all. I just hope that it's, you know, it's good. I don't need to know if there's any excess moisture or oozing. No, keep that to yourself. If you do have a problem, I'm not the guy who can help you there. But if you have a fine groin this week, then fantastic. I'm happy for you. I think everybody should have a good groin. Everyone's groin should be in a good place, right? I'm sure some places are better than others, but there you go. So look, it's an cast. once more, number 371. Thank you uh, for tuning in. Thank you for listening. It's much appreciated. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and maybe the hosts don't say thank you for listening enough. I do appreciate it. I'm glad you're here. So we're going to talk about the Sunderland game. I guess that's going to be fun or whatever. You know, after the last couple of games that you thought we'd win, this one looks like a kind of a home banker under normal circumstances. But, of course, it's not It's not really a home banker at all, given that, you know, most of the squad is, is uh, fucked, pretty much banjaxed, and in the infirmary. And who knows what else might crop up. Oh, perish the thought perish the thought. But we're going to look ahead to that one and, uh, you know, there'll be all the usual bits and pieces of nonsense and waffle and guff and flim-flam and all that kind of stuff in here. Uh, we're going to do a Savile Rogue competition for you. We'll give you the winners of last week's Savile Rogue competition as well. Your chance to win goodies and prizes and uh, get some discounts on your Christmas shopping because I assume you're going to do all your Christmas shopping for Arsenal fans at SavileRogue.com. Number one, you don't have to go outside. Number two, they deliver it to you. Number three, Free, you know it's great stuff because they've been a big part of this cast every winter since more or less the start. So uh, you keep your ears out for the Savile Rogue bits and pieces uh, a touch later on in the show. And I'll give you the winners of last week's uh, competition for Percy Nobleman, who gave us some beer bombs and all that kind of stuff to give away. So look, injuries, injuries, injuries. That seems to be the uh, seems to be the theme of the week. It's been very quiet, hasn't it, from Arsenal? Really quiet. Alexis goes off with a hamstring strain. Lauren Koscielny, he went off with a hip problem. Santi Cazorla, he didn't even go off. He hurt his knee. Turns out quite badly, although we haven't got official confirmation on that yet. But he played the whole of the the second half. Arsene Wenger saying he ended up on one leg, which is not ideal for playing football. But it's been really, really quiet from an Arsenal point of view about... The seriousness of those injuries. Alexis apparently has been given some time off to go to Chile, which is, I guess, a fine thing. If he's going to be out for three weeks, then, you know, we'll send him home. Let him chill out a little bit. Just hope that he doesn't get involved in too many games of five-a-side on the street with the kids who want to play with Alexis. Alexis. But, you know, a little bit of recuperation, a little bit of relaxation, sort of an enforced mid-season break to an extent. Because if he's done his hamstring, there's not much he can do here. In here, Certainly not here. He's not in my house. He's not. Or in the UK, I mean. You know, he might as well go home and get a bit of, I guess they have sunshine there. Do they have sunshine there at this time of the year? I should just look that up. i tell you what I'll do is I'll just look up Santiago weather. And, uh, oh, 22 degrees Celsius. Not bad at all. Get over there and get those hamstrings warmed up, Alexis. But the the deal with him is three weeks, so they say. Lauren Koscielny could be back for the weekend, which is interesting. Um, Maybe we don't have to play him. You know, we could play Gabriel at home, despite the fact uh, well, it wasn't great uh, for the goal against Norwich. But, you know, let's not risk anything when it comes to Koscielny. Uh, and Santi Kazorla then, First it said, well, he's going to be out for the Olympiacos game and then the word came through that he damaged knee ligaments and he could be out for 3 months or or longer. And then today, this is Thursday, of course, Arsene Wenger gave his team news update and what he said was at the moment on Alexis Santi and Mikel, Mikel Arteta, we don't know how long they will be out for. Now, that got me a little bit suspicious. Because, you know, when Arteta went off with the calf thing against, uh, was it, um it was West Brom. And he said, no, that's a that's a short-term thing. But now he doesn't know how long he's going to be out for. The leaked news during the week was that Alexis would be out for three weeks and now we don't know how long he'd be out for. And then Cazorla, with the leaked news, obviously from, from somewhere inside the club or close enough to it, was three months and now we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Are we just saying that because we don't want to say how long they're going to be out for? Is that the worry? I think that could be the worry. That if we, you know, announce all of them are going to be out for ages, then there would just be like a meltdown, which would be understandable. A complete meltdown. But hopefully Alexis is just three weeks. Cazorla, ah, it's really sad, I think. People saying, oh, he hasn't been playing that well. It's not a big deal. Yeah, we've only got two central midfield players fit, people. So if that's not a big deal, I don't know what is. We've got Aaron Ramsey and Matthew Flamini are the last two fit central midfield players we've got at the club right now. Alex Oxley chamberlain can play in there, and Arsene Wenger has always said that that's going to be his, his number one position, right? But I don't know how anybody could be blasé about losing Santi Cazorla when we're so short of numbers, even if you don't think he's been playing well, wouldn't it be better, you know, just to to have him fit rather than write it off as no big deal? It's a big deal. It is a big deal. Hang on a second. Uh oh. Word in my ear. We we've got some um we've got some breaking news coming through.
1: That's right, it's more bad news for Arsenal fans, I'm afraid we've got reports of yet another injury, this time a training ground incident. It seems a mule escaped from a nearby farm, made its way into the training ground and attempted to mount Hector Bellerin. The young Spaniard tried to get away, but in doing so has twisted his knee. The early signs are not very positive, unfortunately, with Arsenal medics saying it could be anywhere from six weeks to infinity. Back to you in the studio
0: (laughs) isn't that typical just when you think things can't get any more ridiculous they get more ridiculous but going back to central midfield right we do have Jack Wilshere who's more or less on the verge of a comeback Uh, I was told that he could be a little bit ahead of schedule Uh, they haven't said anything about that obviously Arsene Wenger hasn't said anything and, and the the time frame I think was for him to be available around the festive period but well, I do wonder if they might try and push that forward. Of course, there's a risk with Jack Wilshere that if you try and push that forward, you know, you could exacerbate the injury again. But that's where we are with, with, with central midfield players. Arteta, with a calf injury, that A, we don't know how long he's going to be out for, and B, has a tendency to go again at any moment, which is really unfortunate and sad. So Cazorla's out for three months. Coquelin is out for three months. Nobody quite knows what the situation with Thomas Rosicki is. He's had knee surgery, but uh, you know, apart from that, there's been no time frame put on his return. So we are desperately, desperately short of central midfield players. And losing any one of them, even if you think one of them hasn't been playing particularly well, is a bit of a fucking disaster. So we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to try and muddle on through until January. At which point, at which point, it's got. They've just got to like, yeah, Dick Law, get your till out or whatever but they've got to get some players in, right? Because we, we just don't have any. And even if Jack comes back, and I like Jack, and I really hope he stays fit, I really do, because he could be a big, big player for us. But, you know, it's, it's a big if, isn't it, with Jack and fitness. He doesn't tend to stay fit for very long very often. So, you know, imagine if you don't. Imagine if you bank on Jack Wilshire to be the guy, and then Jack gets injured just on the... 1st of February and you can't do anything about it and then it's like, oh my God. So it's all a bit of a mess at the moment. And uh, you know, we've got a lot of football to play before we can even do anything in the transfer market. So it's all it's all, oh my God, who knows? Who knows? But look, before we chat with this week's guest, I want to give you the winners of the Percy Nobleman competition from last week for uh, beer conditioning oil and Beard Balm, a tub of Beard Balm. I asked you a question, which was about uh, the Spanish defender that we sold to Norwich City, and the answer, of course, was Ignasi Miquel. And the winners are Chris Morgan, well done to you, and Douglas Farfaglia. or farfalia. I don't know how to pronounce that, Douglas, but well done to you. You two guys are going to have the finest beards in town when we send these prizes out to you. Uh, I'll be in touch. I'll get your details. Remember, you can check out Percy Nobleman at Percy Nobleman.com and find their stuff in boots. Right. Let's get on with our guests this week to talk about all the injury stuff, the permutations, what it might mean, the effects, who's going to stay fit, who's not going to stay fit, what's going to happen, is everyone going to die? I hope he has the answers. He better have the answers. It's the man from East Lower. Hello. Hello there. I'm glad you have all this knowledge. I just want to make it clear, or just want to tell people that when we connected tonight to do this uh, to do this recording in the system that I use, called IPDTL, you log in with a name, the guest that is, and th- and the name that you chose was Phil Collins.
2: I just thought I'd pick a generic um, British kind of name. <laughs> you know, Philip Philip's a very no- normal name, and Collins kind of normal too.
0: Yeah. Just, Why do you have a problem with this? No, act? no, no. I just, I just wanted people to know. That's all. You know. I don't
2: see what, I'm not quite sure what the genesis of your issue is. You know?
0: Right. Okay. Well, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the, the the audience can make their own minds up about all this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you, anyway?
2: I'm very well. Yes, I'm very well.
0: You're very. Just are you well enough to play on Saturday? Because I think you might be needed.
2: Well, you say that, but uh, (laughs) if you've ever seen me play even in a state of full health and maybe 20 years younger than I am, even then... You wouldn't have want to see it you'd rather have Santee on one leg to be honest right but well, that's Santee what we've no got no legs yeah, well,
0: yeah. yeah um, unfortunately that seems to be what we've got so we're going to have to go through these injuries then Santee three to four months it seems which is at the high end of the not really crippling cruciate or knee ligament injuries you know if they get a cruciate it's six to nine months and then 12 months before they can play properly and this you know this uh, other ligament dim- uh, damage like Coquelin has sort of about three months Uh, but this really seems to be at the far end of that scale hard not to think he aggravated it by playing on
2: quite probably or at least quite possibly but um, three to four months and you worry with the kind of (laughs) that's already stretched between a month and uh, it could easily be five and if you start thinking five months then you you certainly could think it would be two or three weeks or more after he's fit where he's not quite ready or match fit and then Mm. you think that's pretty much the season isn't it yeah so I think it would be not an enormous surprise if he we, well, didn't see him at his best until right at the end of the season, which would be a massive, massive shame. But I hope I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, it is a bit of a shame, obviously, because he's such a, uh, an important player and such a good player, and also because this central midfield area is now one in which we are very, very light. We've only got Aaron Ramsey and Matthew Flamini, the, the only two fit central midfield players in the squad.
2: I know, it's just absurd. The whole thing is, is so Arsenal, you couldn't script it. I mean, because you know, it, on nominally on paper, you think we, we've got quite a lot of central midfielders. I mean, maybe maybe not defensive midfielders, but they're just not there. They're all gone. And, and so, uh, you know, on the one hand, you feel... Well, I do. I feel sympathy for uh, Wenger on the one hand. But on the other hand, you think it's happened so frequently that you ought to have some kind of a contingency plan.
0: Mm it is difficult though you know to 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 find the right balance in that contingency plan because he must have looked this uh, you know last summer um and thought well you know even if i don't have a direct cockerland replacement in the squad you know he doesn't have that kind of a player uh He said, even if I don't have that, I've at least got Ramsey. I've got Wilshire, who at that point before the season um, wasn't injured and had come through a good preseason. I've got Ramsey. I've got Cazorla. I've got Arteta. I've got Flamini. So it wasn't necessarily a case of numbers, was it?
2: No, not really. I mean, I suppose, I mean, hindsight is, of course, a wonderful thing. And you look back at it now and, and it seems in my eyes, I look at, Look at it and I think perhaps Arteta and Rosicki shouldn't have been retained. Um,
0: but can you me? understand the logic of why he did that though?
2: I, I can and yet and yet, I still think there would have been room even with that knowledge in mind that we had a lot, a lot of central midfielders. I still think there would have been room for another defensive midfielder who was a little younger sure. and a little more athletic than the ones that we've got. So I, st- I still think he could have been a bit more ruthless. Again, I say hindsight is a wonderful thing but he could have been more ruthless, got rid of perhaps Arteta and Rositsky and got someone else in and, and maybe but you know I mean it's also hypothetical to be a bit bonkers really but um, I think looking back at it he could have he could have been a little more ruthless
0: mm. Is is this a lesson that he's going to have to take then going forward because we know he, he likes he seems to be a very decent human being Arsene Wenger in that sense that you know he'll, he'll give people uh, perhaps chances that, that other people didn't but Given that the the gamble, if you can call it a gamble, has backfired, is it something that he's going to have to look at? Because he did have to remember, if you remember, this quite strict over-30s policy, you know, Robert Pires only got one year and he, he ended up leaving and then other players like Gilberto uh, left before... Uh, maybe he should have uh, because of this sort of Logan's run style policy that was going on i mean is that something he's going to have to look back on because you know there's on the one hand we at the time bemoaned the fact that we let too much experience go that the balance was too far shifted towards youth and now perhaps it's the it's the experience that's letting us down in a way
2: well yes and no because you know even if you had got rid of Flamini, also um, not Flamini, and Arteta and, and uh, Rosicki, you You've mm. still got a lot of, of, of extreme experience in that squad. Sure, so it's, it's not like you're suddenly relying on a load of 19-year-olds. I mean, even even Jack, Jack Wilshere and Ramsey are, are experienced players. Though with with Wilshere, you wouldn't know it because he doesn't play that much. But they they kind of are. So I don't think that would really have really been an issue here. He does need to look at it, but uh, every year the same thing happens, and and we seem to kind of run over the same story. Mm. So. Um, uh, I think I think uh, I think the more pressing thing is r- rather than what he's going to do in the summer about next time, it's it's what we're going to do in January because I think you'd, something's got to happen.
0: Well, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna come to that, but seeing as you brought it up, we might as well. Um, as I said, we've got two fit central midfield players to last six games until January. So we've got a number of fixtures between now and January. And, you know, as much as we like to talk about how the club should be doing everything in their power to make sure that as soon as the transfer window opens, that new player or new players come in, we know from from experience that's not how it works. Um but it, he is going to have to go out. If Cazorla's out for four months, if Arteta's calf keeps going, if uh, Coquelin, as we know, is out until the end of February, more or less. Wilshire, if he comes back, great. But can you bank on Jack Wilshire remaining fit? Aaron Ramsey has had his hamstring problems. Um, Flamini even has had some hamstring problems. You know, he, he, he is going to have to solve this. There doesn't appear to be any other way of solving this than, than either spending some money or bringing in uh, some players on loan.
2: No, there's, there's none. I mean, it is, it is absolutely urgent. And there's, there's really no, there's no way of cooking it any different than that, that we, we need more bodies in. And you say that they won't come in on the 1st of January. You're probably right. But at the same time, you'd fully expect to be some legwork going on right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there ought to be. It's not, the kind of, it's not like you get to 31st of December and you kind of brush off your hangover and think, right, now's the time to look. I mean, you, you've got to be looking now, hasn't he? So, um Well, you'd hope so. Well, you would, but I mean, it does, it, he's it, he has signed players in January, so there is, you know, we've we've we, you know, we've bought. I think Walcott came in January in DRB, and, Arshavin, um, Arshavin, Monreal, Korske, yeah, and Gabriel. Did he come in January? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like he doesn't do it.
0: Reyes, um, Jose Antonio Reyes was a January signing. He was, and he was he was good for six
2: months, and um, oh, so a bit, lo- a bit longer, well, nine months. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it can happen, and it, it ought to happen. But it, as as long as it's not your kind of desperate um, trolley dash Calstrom kind kind of signing, which mm. was just a bit, you know, it was just so, it was so Venga esque. It was, you know, it was brilliant. But no, we need someone. We kind of need someone that is a bit to the, a nod to the future, but with a bit of experience already. And you know, I don't know who that is. It's not my job to to say. But
0: no, sure. I mean, I get you. But I mean, there is the intrinsic difficulty, isn't there? The 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 transfer market. Oops, I just dropped a pen. Uh, the transfer market in January um, does present slightly more challenging situations than the one in the summer, because let's say you want to buy from a top club, and the top club is still in the Champions League, and they're not willing to sell. You know, there, there, there crops up this old, um, this old story again, isn't there, that do you do you buy somebody in January uh, who prevents you from getting your main target in the summer, if that's the way you're really thinking. But I think in these circumstances, we, you know, we have to take what's out there. We have to get what we're given to a certain extent.
2: Well, yeah, probably. Um but that's not to say you can't get someone good. And and I know what you mean about the top top players yeah. are the very highest echelon, but I mean don't tell me that there aren't dozens of players who would who would, uh, you know, do anything to join Arsenal at any point. I mean, and it's not it's not pompous to say it, but a lot of you know, it is a big draw for a lot for a lot of um for a lot of players. So there 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 must be some something that can be done. And if you have to pay 10 million quid more, it's not going to bankrupt Arsenal. We've got the money. And I don't think even that kind of big chunk of money wouldn't really have a huge effect on our summer transfers either. So um I th- I think I think he has got to push the boat out a bit and not not hope and pray for some kind of Caldromesque uh January.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean in, in in himself might have been a reasonably good signing had he not been bollocks <laughs> when we <laughs> signed him
2: if he had a back that worked yeah you know, ex- and, and hadn't been playing volleyball on the beach or was it i mean but even then i don't remember i mean my my memory's not as good as it was but i don't remember him pulling up any trees when he was fit so um
0: no i uh, mean i think he was a i don't think he i don't even remember if he started any games he did score a penalty in the uh the FA Cup semi-final
2: did he? Well, that's gone out of my mind. So uh, there you go. Well played, Kim. But um, I, I think we need someone a bit better than that. And we need someone a, a bit more uh, reliable than that. Sure. Because actually, of all the things, it's the kind of reliability which is the thing that's killing us. So um, yeah, somebody with, um, with an injury record that isn't um, an absolute shocker would be a good start.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure we're any good at spotting those kind of players, though. You
2: know. no no we seem to have a penchant for coming for getting the, the little fellas who just you know <laughs> pull tweak and strain off they go
0: yes but look okay so um that's january i think uh, that's a discussion we're probably going to have on this podcast more than once between now and then uh, about what we should do i think we all know what we should do it's what we will do that we all kind of slightly fear um but in the meantime, until that can happen, we do have football to play. I should have looked up the fixtures here just while we we're talking. But it is a chance for Aaron Ramsey uh, to go back into the position that he really wants to play in. And he's spoken about being on the right. And he says, look, I'm happy to do it if the manager asks me. But I want to be a central midfield player. So we've got Sunderland, Olympiacos away, Aston Villa, Manchester City at home, Southampton away, Bournemouth at home. And that takes us to, uh, to the end of uh, 2015. Those are six big games um, in which he can prove, perhaps, that this is where he belongs.
2: Well, I think I think he, or I think he, he's kind of proved that already, hasn't he? I think it's his amazing form of a couple of seasons ago. Um, he, we know he can play there. I think it, again is curtailed by injury, which is a, a common strand. But um, uh, he plays well on the right, but he plays well in the middle. I'd have absolutely no qualms about putting him there, and it is a big, it is a really big opportunity for him to just to remind us all that he's extremely good there and and the only worry for me again is the fact he like a lot of the other players been sort of rushed back and um, is he ready for six games in a row Mm. you've got to hope so but I think he'll be very good there I've got no problems with it at all
1: It goes from bad to worse for Arsenal. Yet another problem. This time, Per Mertesacker looks like he's going to be out of action for a while. In the warm-up for training today, the Arsenal players were doing their keepy-ups, and as is tradition, when somebody misses the ball, they get flicked on the ear. Unfortunately, Olivier Giroud was having one of those days, and instead of flicking him in the ear, he flicked him in the eyeball, and it burst all over the place. Arsene Wenger admitting to me he does not know if Mertesacker will be able to play again this season, as he's got an eye patch, like a pirate. Back to you in the studio.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't have any choice. I mean, that, that is the difficulty as well, isn't it? That because the squad is so shorn of numbers that the guys that we do have, when they do play, mm-hmm. your your worry is that they're going to get fatigued and, and burned out as well.
2: Yeah, but what can you do? Like you say, there's there's very, very little you can do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, perhaps, again, in hindsight, you could have said... Alexis could have had fewer minutes on the pitch um at certain points of certain games and that that might have helped him but even then you don't know for sure. So um yeah you just got to play Ramsey and hope he's all right because um you know the the alternative doesn't bear thinking about.
0: No. No. Um yeah there's a bridge we'll have to cross uh, when we come to it. Uh, Alexis Sanchez um what what did you make of the manager's decision to play him against Norwich?
2: I don't I don't really have a problem with him playing him against Norwich because he is our best player pretty much but I think I think he could have saved him you know here and there a little bit more judiciously you know maybe taken him off a bit sooner against Zagreb for sure hmm. those kind of things might you know when you're 2-0 up after a you know, relatively early time of the game you could have been a bit more ruthless and, and taken him off at half-time or something but um he didn't do that so um and it's, fun. it's one of those things—the weary inevitability of, of the injury, which we all thought was going to happen, and sure enough, you know, here, there it came. But in the last couple of days, I've kind of got round to the fact that actually, um, the only way you're ever going to get Alexis off the pitch is is probably with an injury, and maybe this four weeks out will be exactly what he needs, it, it, even if it's not what Arsenal need. I think you know he probably needs this break.
0: It's four weeks, is it? Is it, where are you getting four weeks?
2: I read four weeks somewhere. I mean, I. I did see four weeks, but... Um,
0: so that yeah. means he might not be back for the Manchester City game.
2: Well, yeah, don't hold me to that. I read it somewhere. So, I mean, it's three or four weeks and uh, it's, a, it's a hamstring, so you never quite know.
0: Yeah, that would Maybe be a bit disappointing. Yeah, yeah
2: well, wouldn't it? But, um, but at the same time, he, he, he really does need a break. So um, Well,
0: they've sent him to Chile, which is quite interesting. You know, get over there and get some sunshine and some home cooking, all that kind of stuff
2: yeah does, does that help does that help the hamstring
0: well i'm sure yeah being in the warm would help mm. i already I checked out the uh the temperatures in santiago i know that's not where he's from but you know it's 22 celsius there today now that's well, you know that that's gonna warm up those hammies
2: that's proper recuperation weather isn't it that's <laughs> that's I, I think i can see why he's gone
0: yeah he probably pulled his hamstring on purpose
2: yeah probably
0: winter coming and all that kind of stuff <laughs> another another man who who who's got a chance to i want won't say prove something but i maybe prove something actually yeah uh, alex oxley chamberlain uh, mm-hmm. Who's who's obviously going to get some starts now because in the wide positions we've only got two options. Uh, we've got Oxley Chamberlain and Joel Campbell, who are the only two guys really who can play out there. Theo Walcott, perhaps, who might be back for the weekend. And, well, but why I, not Walcott? Yeah, Walcott well, I, well I think the manager doesn't want to play him there. I think he wants to play him as a central striker. He didn't want to play Walcott there at all last season. Like, had no interest in doing it. Um,
2: it's I, a strange one. I find that strange because he's he's pretty good there. I mean, I find that odd. Is it is that coming from Wenger or is that coming from Walcott? And if it's coming from Walcott, then it's not for him to say anyway, is it?
0: So. No, that's true. I know. I think it's the manager. I think the manager is reluctant to play him out wide. Um,. <clears throat> So yeah, well I you know I think he can play there if we're stuck. There's no there's no reason why he won't play there. But I think if the manager has a choice, he won't. He'd rather play him as a central striker these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oxley chamberlain you know, he started the season really well by scoring a goal that beat Chelsea in the Community Shield, and we thought, right, look, this is it. This is the this is the time. This is uh, he, he's going to kick on now. He's going to really show what he's made of, and it, it sort of hasn't gone well in the sense that there were defensive lapses. There were. Um, um, the, the costly defensive lapses. Actually, he, he, um, he cost us a couple of goals with some some bad passes along the way and then got injured. Um, but he, he really is at an age where he needs to take a step forward, isn't he?
2: He does, but uh, um, he does need to take a step forward. But he also needs to play and consistently play. And I think it's one of those things where he hasn't been able to do that. And that's partly because he hasn't been fit and partly because perhaps he just has been, his form hasn't been quite good enough and it's a sort of, you know, catch 22. But it's one of those ones where you kind of want to see him play 10 in a row and then judge because he's just been in and out a bit too much And, and um, but again you're right he, he's sort of he a bit like Wilshere's sort of plateaued a bit which is a, which is um, not great at that kind of age so he, he really needs to take that next step mm. but he doesn't need to play he needs to play. I mean you know not just one game or two games or coming off the bench he needs to he needs to play a string of games, and then and then you can see, can't
0: you? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is his chance because there is nobody else to to play until whatever the end of the month. If Alexis mm-hmm. is going to be four weeks, then th- there's an onus on these guys. And and I guess when you lose that much individual quality, like with Cazorla and like with Alexis, the onus then is on the collective, on the group, for everybody to to work a bit harder and try and uh, and pull together and try and make up for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and um, he. Uh he does he does he does work pretty hard he he seems to be unfortunately the kind of player that is you know not the most self confident and he he seems to let things get to him a bit when when his form's not good maybe they're all like that but i think some more so than others and um no
0: not all of them some of them just aren't like that at all
2: no i suppose theo isn't like that no he's he's, he's, not. Like,
0: <laughs> he's like, <laughs> Boo.
2: He's like, it's just, it's like, it's like Teflon, isn't it? It just all just bounces off him. Yeah, well, I'll just play my game and just, see what happens. Yeah,
0: I just like, I like the idea of Theo, you know, um, you know, when Homer sometimes he thinks of something and there's like a dancing crow or there's another Homer in his head, in his brain, just like Theo, just thinking of a another little Theo in his head doing better than that. I don't know.
2: Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, you know, either that or he's been media trained to such perfection that he just doesn't say anything Uh that is, is remotely com- controversial, yeah. but um, yeah, looking at the stats, I mean, o- o- the Ox has had three starts in the Premier League, and you know, it's not really enough, is it? So <laughs> that's that's the problem right there. He needs to um he needs to play, and he needs to play from the start, and he needs to, and only then can you really say whether whether it's working for him.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see if he can step it up. Um, it's a it's a it's a small squad then that's going to have to face Sunderland um at home. Tomorrow, three o'clock kickoff. One of those where you'd like to think that the quality we have, even if we're missing a few players, will be enough to see us through. But then you might have thought that about West Brom and, and Norwich as well. Um, how are you feeling about this particular game?
2: I think at home you've got to you've got to you've got to think that we'll do it at home. And the then the the West Brom game, it was a couple of bits of bad defending. Um, Dick, Ditto Norwich but actually we've been mostly defending alright this season and so hopefully I've been working on that a bit and, and at home you've got to fancy us because Sunderland yes they've won a couple in a row but um, you know they are they're not a man not an incredible team you yeah, know I think that's fair to say um, and uh, I would expect us to win
0: alright ok well look we'll leave it there uh, despite your terrible terrible name the man from East Lower will chat to you again soon cheers
2: I would sing a song now but I'm no, I'm not going to do that at all so uh, thank you
0: Spare us. Thanks a million. (laughs)
2: Yeah, quite.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much indeed to the man from East Lower. You can find his blog, his very occasional blog these days, at eastlower.co.uk, or even better, you'll find him on Twitter, making terrible puns at any available opportunity. Just be warned, be warned, if you engage him in any kind of punnery, that's pretty much your afternoon gone. He's relentless. He will never, ever give up until the very last pun has been exhausted. So, well, you know, if you've got nothing else to do today, do that. Out the man from East Lore, his boss will thank you, I'm sure. His Twitter handle, like his CB handle, if you don't know it already, it's at East Lore, at East Lore. So uh, you know, fire ahead there, go for it. Right, we're gonna do some Savile Rogue stuff in a few minutes' time. We'll give you the winners of last week's competition, give you the chance to win some more goodies this week. But right now, more breaking news. <laughs>
1: Just when you thought things couldn't get any worse for the Gunners, they have. Nacho Monreal ruled out of this weekend's game against Sunderland and currently on his way to hospital unconscious. The Spanish international unthinkingly sitting down beside Mesut Ozil as the players were having lunch, forgetting completely that that was Matthew Flamini's seat. The Frenchman lost his reason altogether and throttled the former Malaga man to the point of unconsciousness. Steve Bold saying afterwards he had little sympathy for Monreal, saying, everybody knows you don't sit beside Ozil when Flamini's around. Nevertheless, it presents yet another injury headache for Arsene Wenger. Back to you in the studio.
0: Welcome back. Time now to do some Savile Rogue stuff. And uh, last week they gave us two of those King minibar scarves to give away, which are amazing. I'm a big fan of a, of a warm neck. It's not got very cold yet this winter, which could be tempting fate or, you know, famous last words and all that. But it hasn't got that cold. It's wet, but not cold yet. But, you know, when it does get cold, you know, I don't like having a cold neck. So a good scarf is excellent and you won't find any better than at Savile Rogue. Um, The question I asked you last week was to name the three clubs that Francis Coquelin had been on loan at. Uh, And they were Charlton, Freiburg and Lorient in League 1. Yes, in League... uh, uh, The random number generator picked out two names. Blake Hampton. Well done to you even if you sound like a character from a 1980s U.S. soap opera. Uh, and Warren Rice. So well done to you guys. I will be in touch, and I'll get your details, and uh, we'll get those scarves sent out to you just as soon as we can. Right then. This week, we've got three deluxe scarves to give away. You can have them in red or white or yellow and blue. You get to choose. Uh, the question, the question, the question, the question. Always think of a question before you say The question there's good podcasting advice. If you're ever starting your own podcast, think of a question before you tell people you're going to ask them a question. And then, if you don't, you can just talk uh, for a while and spoof around the fact that you don't have a question until such time as a question pops into your head. We're playing Sunderland tomorrow. Which Arsenal player, or which former Arsenal player, currently plays for Sunderland? Actually, there's two of them. Name them both. So, which two former Arsenal players play for Sunderland? Answers, please, to competition at arsblog.com. That is competition at arsblog.com. Remember, you can get 10% off everything at Savile Rogue uh, by just using the code 10 arsblog at checkout. That's 10 arsblog. You get 10% off. If you want to do your Christmas shopping there, I highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, there you go. Savile-rogue.com or follow them on Twitter at Savile Rogue. That's at Savile Rogue. So, Oh, Sunderland tomorrow. Hmm. What a game that's going to be. A depleted Arsenal squad against a team that are going to sit and try and uh, frustrate us as much as possible. I don't think Sunderland are going to be the most expansive team we face this season. I'd be very, very surprised if that was the case. We know that Sam Allardyce, we know how he likes to set out his teams against us. So if we come through this game unscathed, without any further injuries, that would be also great. But we'd also like to get three points. The team news...
1: In quite extraordinary scenes here, it seems that Arsenal are going to be without yet another player. The injury list grows and grows. This time, a problem for Joel Campbell, who simply ceased to exist. Right before my very eyes, he disappeared, leaving only a bundle of clothes on the floor, like a Costa Rican Obi-Wan Kenobi. Indeed, it looks like Arsenal will have to use the force if they want to field a team of 11 fit players this week Back to you in the studio is that Lauren Koscielny could
0: be back in the squad. Whether he plays or not remains to be seen. He did limp off and look in a lot of pain against Norwich. But also, there may well be a return for Theo Walcott. The manager said today that he'll decide tomorrow. I think that's what he said. Again, here you go, podcast advice. If you are going to quote somebody, make sure you have the quote open in front of you, or at least you remember it. He says of Koscielny uh, and uh, Walcott, we'll make a decision on Saturday about Koscielny and Walcott. They could both make the squad. Whether or not they start, that's another thing entirely. It'll be hard to see Walcott starting after being out for a while. They might like to just bring him on or have him as an option from the bench, which would be quite welcome to have another forward on the bench. Kieran Gibbs, again, is back in the squad. But uh, the players out, of course, we know Alexis, Cazorla, uh, Arteta, uh, Francis Coquelin. Who else is out? Um, again, you should look this up, Andrew. For fuck's sake, this is ridiculous Rositsky, all the you know the usual guys who are injured are injured. Everyone knows who's injured. It's who's going to be available for us tomorrow. That's uh, that's the most important thing. And we do have to get ourselves on track again because we should have beaten Norwich and we should have beaten West Brom, even though we have injuries and even though the squad has been depleted and a bit fatigued. You know, those are two games that we might look back on at the end of this season and and really rue. Um, Because, you know, we have the quality in the squad to beat those teams, even with the injuries that we've had. And I think it's been a touch of carelessness and maybe the fatigue and what have you played played a part. But, you know, I still think we should have been winning those games. So it would be good to get back to winning ways in the Premier League against Sunderland, even with all the problems that we have. We're only two points off the top. It could be better. In fact, it should be better. That's, that's the truth of it. It should be better from an Arsenal point of view because we've dropped points recently that we really shouldn't have. We've only taken two from the last nine, so it's about time we got ourselves going again. Um, Sunderland presents a good chance to do that. Um, we are going to have to dig in. And obviously, there's a big onus now on players like Aaron Ramsey, like Alex oxley chamberlain like um, Joel Campbell, who's going to have to play a bit. Um, they're going to have to come in and perform and perform to a, a decent level. Olivier Giroud, maybe the threat of uh, Theo Walcott on the bench will, will spark him back into life. That would be good. Callum Chambers is probably going to be in the squad. Interestingly, he played uh, for the under-21s in midweek. Uh, And did very well, apparently, in a central midfield role. Apparently. That's what Steve Gadding said. Uh, He said that he uh, thought his performance was was excellent. The more cynical among you might suggest that uh, comments like that appearing on the official website at a time when we're very short on central midfielders are, you know, just part of massaging the message, perhaps. But, let's face it, we might need him in central midfield. I'm not sure he's ready, to be honest, but we might need him. We've only got two central midfielders, so if anything happens, we might be looking at Callum Chambers playing in there. So if he's had a good game for the under-21s, well, then all the better. If he can uh, take that into Premier League football, uh, brilliant brilliant. I'm not going to hold my breath or anything, but brilliant. So look, that's really about it. Um, James and I will be here on Monday. We'll have an Arscast Extra for you on Monday, looking back at whatever happens at the weekend and everything else. We'll keep fingers crossed for the right result tomorrow for a relatively clean game with uh, no further maimings or scratchings or bruisings or aches and pains or strains and niggles or whatever else. Uh, just keep whoever we've got fit, fit, please. Just for a couple of weeks. It's not too much to ask, is it? Let's keep fingers crossed for that one, eh? Right, we'll take three points tomorrow. That might set us up nicely for our midweek action when we're uh, we're all on for a bit of Greek on Wednesday. Uh, whew, that's going to be tricky, but we'll, uh, we'll play it by air, and that's a bridge we'll cross when we come to it. Until the next one, folks, have yourselves a great weekend. Cheers. Bye-bye.
1: time mayhem at the Arsenal training ground, I can't believe what I've just witnessed. Aaron Ramsey going over to pick up a bowl of mulligatawny soup, dropped it on his foot, scalding it to the point where the skin came off. He hopped across the room, screaming in pain, clattered into Mikel Arteta who fell into a glass cabinet, literally slicing himself in two. That was too much for Alex Oxlade Chamberlain who got up and said oh my god, oh my god that YouTube commenter is right. This is the end of the world before throwing himself at the window and onto the ground. What's left of the squad is sitting here absolutely shell-shocked and just as the ambulances were arriving, I overheard Arsene Wenger say to Dick Law, quickly, get me the numbers for Hleb and Buay. Dark, dark times here. Back to you in the studio.